0: What the hell is up? My name is Jamie Logan, and you are listening to Jamie's Corner Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk all things animal rights, veganism, plant based diets, nutrition, health, wellness, yoga, spirituality. <gasps> all the good stuff. And I got some of the best guests on in the plant-based industry from chefs to doctors, nutritionists, activists, really great people. They really uh, pioneer this show. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thanks for listening. Please toss us a follow at It's Jamie's Corner Podcast, a YouTube show and podcast. And I'm at JLo Kurtz. and here we go.
1: So yeah, so I started writing and I have to say the first thought that I had is I'm gonna write a thriller for vegans that vegans could could read and I know it's safe but very very quickly very quickly I thought also hold on I can write something awesome that vegans like and feel it's safe and pre-vegans could also read like and get the penny drops it's a thriller it's exciting it's like page turning a lot of changes and cliffhangers and all that kind of fast pace and that if you have the vegan message kind of incorporated into it and then bam in your face people will have to kind of oh okay so yeah
0: Maya well thank you for joining me today this is so exciting
1: thank you for inviting me I'm very excited to be here
0: yes you are doing incredible work you are an award-winning author you are an activist you are a mother I mean you do it all okay
1: (laughs) don't do enough doesn't feel like I do enough you know but yeah thank you
0: I, I hear that. I do hear that. You know, it's like we are fighting every single day for the animals and for liberation and it still doesn't feel like enough. And so I want to get into all of that. I want to hear about your story. And for those few people that don't know who you are, just give me a little intro.
1: So I am based in New Zealand, Wellington, New Zealand, and I am, yeah, I'm an activist, an animal rights activist, I am vegan, mother, I've got kids, I've got dogs, I've got a a rabbit who is right next to me now, you won't be able to see her, Um, she's sleeping, and um, yeah, so I'm I'm an author, I'm a vegan author of vegan fiction which is really rare because you have a lot of non-fiction, a lot of cookbooks, and you know, but fiction books that is like a thriller, exciting and all that, that is vegan, is so rare. And yeah, so I'm one of those authors. They're very just a handful, I think, all over the world.
0: It's true, and I'm actually recently I want to say in the past one or two years, I've been having trouble reading fiction books and just books in general because of all the references to animals and meat. And I was just reading a book, I think a month ago, where they're talking about sheep's brain. And I'm just like, I, I can't even read this. I need to put this down.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's exactly what motivated me to, to write, to write, and I think we're probably going to talk about it in uh Yes, we definitely
0: are. So why don't we just backtrack a little bit to how you got to where you are? How did you even go vegan? This is back in 2012. This is, it's not as common. There's definitely not any good vegan cheeses out on the market. So take us back.
1: Not at all. I think we had excursions to the supermarket to find out where the vegan food was. And even that was just basically a cardboard tofu. And yeah, it was, it was a lifetime ago only 10 years, but a lifetime ago. So yeah, I think you can probably find all the breadcrumbs that led me to becoming vegan, uh, from probably 2004 when my son was born, I kind of, in all the previous interviews that I had, I kind of uh, said that it happened in 2012, but to, to do it justice, I think you do need to take me a little bit backwards in my journey to Mm -hmm. 2004 bring and, us back uh, and that's where my son was born and when he was three years old he developed this really um, fascination with sharks and because I didn't know anything about sharks I like a new hammerhead and great white shark and sharks eating people and killing people basically that's what I knew so through his eyes and his well, wonderful fascination I started digging into it and I learned so much about ocean life and ocean Mm. animals and the destruction we are bringing as humans to them the overfishing is only one aspect of it but what we're doing for example to sharks you know the the finning of sharks the millions that we kill for absolutely no reason than a silly little soup i learned all that and i started becoming interested in um, the conservation work that was doing that was being done Mm. i came to learn about sea shepherd i didn't know about sea shepherd before and that's what got me hooked and uh, if we go forward in time another stop like the breadcrumbs that lead me to being vegan yeah so another stop on the way was 2007. In 2007, and this is something I don't normally talk about. Um, I only started to open up about it really, really? recently. I lost a baby. Mm. I lost a baby midway in pregnancy, and mm. this is a baby I wanted obviously and anticipated for. And um, <clears throat> and the loss was great. Um, it left me quite broken, obviously oh. emotionally. So that was a very important milestone, I think, in my way to veganism. I haven't often acknowledged it. I don't know why, um, because to be honest, to recover from that, I had to talk about it quite a lot. I joined a support group of women like me, mothers who lost babies in in pregnancy and um, Mm. quite advanced pregnancy. And um, talking about it was one of the things that got me to get over it. But uh, since then, I hardly mention it in. So here you go. Mm-hmm. I'm mentioning it with you.
0: I'm honored. Um, <laughs> thank said, you.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, and then, so that is definitely a milestone, that, that, um, yeah. that, that um, feeling of losing a baby. And the next milestone is 2012. And two, th- two things really important happened to me in 2012. One, my daughter was born, and that was such a fixing of my soul. And, um, you know, the world's become right again for me. It was such Mm. a joy. I mean, obviously, um, it was um, the contradiction between the absolute despair and the complete joy of having her. And the second thing was uh, that Sea Shepherd came to Wellington, New Zealand, where I am, and um, I, I was preparing for... For them to dock and everything, because you know I I was still very much into what they did, and um, I found out, and I can't even remember exactly how, that the ships were all vegan, like strictly vegan. So if you wanted to join them, you had to adhere to their vegan regime, and um, I thought why <laughs> because you know i was so keen to jump on the ship and maybe one day when my kids were older to go to the southern ocean to the ross uh, sea where there's a lot of um, illegal whale excuse me research happening
0: uh-huh.
1: and so, so tell
0: us wh- for those that don't know what sea shepherd is can you just give us an overview of what they are
1: yeah so uh, who-, who doesn't know the sea Shepherd?
0: i know uh- <laughs> most of my listeners do but just <laughs> yeah. in case
1: Yes, absolutely. So uh, I know they're going through some turmoil now with uh, Captain uh, Paul Watson. I think there's some changes and some issues. But back then, Paul Watson, he was the figurehead of Sea Shepherd. And Sea Shepherd was a conservation society of activists. And what they did was to go where the problems were, where the illegal whaling where uh, dolphins and (coughs) whales, sharks and to try and stop it, to mitigate it with their own ships, with, with the, min- the, the limited um, things that they had, ship, uh, helicopter, and stink bombs, basically, but, uh, but hardcore determination, which I loved. And um, But I, I, I couldn't figure out, you know, okay, you want to save whales, I get it, why are you vegan? And that was Mm -hmm. 2012 and then I thought, no, I have to find out why it's really important for me to know, to understand what is the motivation behind this. And I started digging. Lo and behold, I wasn't young, you know, I wasn't like a (laughs) 20 something already. I I lived a life and I uh, realized only then that cows, the cows, they don't give us milk. (laughs) Mm-hmm. and um, the chicken they don't give us eggs but really it was the dairy and I think it, especially the dairy because of the baby loss and the new baby those things that I experienced and to, to think about what cows go through when they're mm. being forcefully impregnated nine months they just stayed and have their baby after nine months just like women and then forced to separate basically the babies are stolen from them by force against obviously every soul every fiber in their beings or as mothers which I could understand because I, I had that experience myself and then in New Zealand babies are not kept because there's so many cows and so there's really nothing to do with so many calves so calves are being sent to slaughter at they're mm-hmm. just four days old four days old it's basically just puppies they're babies i just uh, um we did um calving season has ended now but we had a lot of activity actions by the slaughterhouses we truck after truck with little babies and they're beautiful they have the big mm. eyes and the ears they're so they're so gentle and they, they're confused they don't understand what's happening they're just so adorable and oh the, you know God. the Trucks, they have their slits. <clears throat> they have little slits, and um, they barely, they can barely reach it. You know, yeah. they can barely reach the first one, and they look out, and they with the big wet noses. The sweetest thing, it's sweetest thing, and and we send almost two million every single year in New Zealand because dairy is the backbone of our community. Yeah. We send almost 2 million per year to be slaughtered like that. And they still cry for their mothers in the slaughterhouse. And when you reach your hand into the slits of the truck, they suck it. They try to suck on your Mm -hmm. finger. They grab your fingers and suck on it. It's absolutely horrific. And that completely threw me away. And I decided there and then when I found out I'm going vegan, no baby steps for me. Done.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: um, I talked to my husband who was a vegetarian then. Of course, we didn't know about dairy it's so we're so gas lit gaslighted,
0: um, mm-hmm. about,
1: about dairy and how because especially in new zealand when you see them roaming on the you know green hills look at this dairy is beautiful it's such a beautiful countryside being having the cows on it. it's so deceitful and yep. um we just didn't know and when you found out when when you find out you can't turn your back on on this
0: Right. Um, It's, it's, it's so true that it's like ignorance is bliss. And so like, once you know, it's like, how can you not do anything about it? So, so many people just want to stay blind to it. Don't want to know, don't want to see. And that's why they come up with all these, you know, excuses and defense mechanisms and whatever it is. My question for you was just going back. You said your husband was vegetarian. Was he vegetarian before you even were considering veganism or how, how did that, Oh,
1: yeah, he was vegetarian for most of his life.
0: Oh I wow! Think he, he
1: never really liked um, the, the flavor of meat, um, okay. but he, he also didn't like the idea of eating animals. And um, but you know dairy, uh, he and actually, to be honest, to him, he never ate eggs either. But for him, dairy was never an issue. So when he, did, he when he um, you know, I, I told him, look, we have to go vegan. That's it. We have to go vegan. And he looked at me, and said, why? what's the problem, <laughs> you know, wow. and so, um, yeah, so he did the same research, because the, the thing is, the information was already out there, the information was there for years and years, it just, mm. we, we never bothered to look for it, because that problem was never in our radar, yeah. and once it did, it the, the information was really easy to reach, just something we never looked for it, you know, Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, so we turned vegan, and kids vegan, and the household completely vegan (laughs) that is
0: so incredible I wish I could say the same for my whole family unfortunately we're not there yet but um my my parents are getting there my boyfriend is vegan thank god (laughs) I wasn't when I met him though and yeah it's it's it 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 is finally where you align your beliefs with your actions and that's exactly what you did so then i guess you made the transition and then how did you get into activism yeah
1: very quickly i realized that just being vegan wasn't enough and i have to say it took about a year because it wasn't okay now i'm a vegan and now i'm an activist because um as i was a, i was the only vegan in the whole neighborhood. I didn't know any other Um, vegans, except my husband who just joined me. uh, But I didn't know any other vegan in my community or anywhere. And, um, yeah, as I said, we had to have excursions like the um, Vegan Society uh, or whoever it was then. They took people to the supermarket to show us where the vegan food was, which wasn't much at all. And it it was really like... um, (laughs) <laughs> like a desert um, in that regard. But uh, so I joined, um, where do you go? Facebook, social media. Mm-hmm. Facebook was the king of, uh, of social media back then and Daís just through social media. I met other vegans in my area and I, I was surprised. There were more. I wasn't the only one. And I became friends with him. And um, you know, I transitioned my children, and when you I transitioned my children, I was so scared that I'm not feeding them right. You know, you have to, you have to avoid the, you know, that newspaper <laughs> headline of the vegan mother who, <laughs> you know, um, starves her children, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is <laughs> <Just sighs> so so, so false, stupid. Completely yeah, completely false. But I had yeah. to know what I was doing. So there's a lot of learning involved learning curve in terms of nutrition which i had i didn't know at all i had no idea right um so it's a lot of learning and when i i i was sitting more comfortably in my veganism in terms of my knowledge i just started to feel that it's not enough it's not enough because all my friends group back then i have to say my friends group had transitioned quite substantially Since then, I prefer the company of vegans and activists now. There's no, I'm not denying it. I agree. Um, So, uh, but back then, and I saw that, you know, they're not going through the same process of realizing what's happening, even when I was talking about it. And I had the feeling that I probably have to talk louder (laughs) and do it outside. And, and, yeah, and um, just the feeling inside, I was burning to do more. And I obviously was very much influenced by what was going on, what I could see on social media at the time, what was going on in, in the United States, in England and UK, and um, all of the you know continent. Germany was very strong, Israel, other places, you know, a lot of activism, like bold and loud and proud and all that. And I wanted that because I thought, yes, that's what we need. And, mm-hmm. um, what you do, go back to <laughs> Facebook and look for things that are happening where you are. And yeah. there wasn't much, but there was some things that were happening here in Wellington. So I joined a few groups and uh, the first action that was happening was a vigil on the highway outside the slaughterhouse. Oh here, the God. local storehouse. So I thought, yeah, I'll go. I didn't know anyone. None of the people, um, I didn't know them. I thought, yes, I'll go, why not? i prepared a sign, and I just um, came and introduced myself and said hi, mm-hmm. and to be honest, that was the first of, I don't know, hundreds of, of uh, vigils and uh, bearing witness and all that. Later on, um, two of my friends that I met that day and became friends with established Wellington Animal Save, which I am now one of the organizers mm-hmm. for. And um, that was even before AV. AV didn't exist, <laughs> wow. but we had other things like we we started um, um, Earthlings, uh, the Earthlings uh, experience, which is very much like AV, but we were more in transition. So we did it on trains and things like that, and we saw, and we had you know screening of their movie Earthlings on laptops and stuff like that. We did whatever we could, and we we got a lot of influence. I
0: don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, going to these vigils and different actions that were happening, it was almost as if I was with like a second family. Like immediately I felt a connection with these people. It wasn't even, we didn't even even have to say much. It was just like I was welcomed and I, it made me more passionate to do more. And what I always say to newer vegans or at least people that are vegan that want to get active is to get a support system and hang out with other people that are like-minded because it will be your backbone. It will make you not feel like you're crazy in a world where everybody's still asleep. You know, it's really hard when it's so normalized. It's like you think to yourself, oh, well, if my dad, my grandfather, my mom, my mother, my aunt, uncle, whoever, if everybody else is eating animals, like how bad could it really be? And the truth is, is it's the worst right so getting that support system
1: it's a very lonely experience and i totally agree look the connection that i felt with you instant because it's like meeting a sister in new york you know we we have the same we we speak the same language we we wave the same wave line it's and imagine going through something that is so traumatic like standing outside of the slaughterhouse but having 20 people that you love like they are your blood you know Bec- even though you know you only met them a few months ago a few years ago 100 percent. but it's 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 your it's your support system it's your sanity it's your sanity it's your uh, it you know when you sometimes we we all get a little bit depressed okay as activists we suffer from uh post-traumatic stress disorder, yes um sometimes and uh, we have all sorts of things a lot of us have all sorts of disorders but it's when you when you get with together with your with your team with your people it's so easy to to feel stronger and to get that you know spark of, of optimism and to think mm-hmm. yes yes we're going to do it we're going to win this one day because look at look at these people look at these people next to me they are the best of the best you know all of us mm-hmm. all the activists best of the best so how can we not win this we mm-hmm. it's um it puts you on a yeah, I can't explain. Go, go and do something. Just go and do something. Join a group. Do something. Because it will completely change your view and your perspective on humanity and what we can achieve.
0: It is so true that, you know, we do have some of the most brilliant people in our movement. I mean, I think of some of my really close friends like Ryuji Chua, who created the documentary How Conscious Can a Fish Be? Or Earthling Ed, Joey Carbstrong, all of these different people that are really using their viral platform to make waves and create impact. But then I also look at people that are close to me that i think are very intelligent and that i love and that i adore but that just can't make the connection between animal agriculture and the destruction of our planet the the animal cruelty involved and the health issues it's like i thought you were smart (laughs) like do you get do you ever like feel that way too yeah
1: i thought you were kind right and um yeah, my mother is vegan and she she is like the example that you can turn vegan at any age because she turned vegan at 78. So really wow. anyone with, can make the connection at any age. And I, you, we all know that it can happen to children. It often happens with children. It's just blocked by mm-hmm. <laughs> by their parents. But yeah, yeah, everyone can make the connection. Um, and unfortunately, there are people in my life, my extended family, that I would assumed. I would have assumed that they would get it uh, because they are good people you know what? and it's like no and i, I just it's something that is really hard to to live with that dichotomy of um look you're doing something that is absolutely evil and you know it you know it because i've been in your face for two, 10 years
0: <laughs> i feel the exact same way i'm like i you know the information at this point i mean It's really, really weird. It's crazy. So I guess, how did you get into writing to begin with?
1: Yeah, so I'm a writer because I'm a reader, I think. It's one, it's like the two sides of the same thing.
0: Mm -hmm. And um,
1: I've been writing all my life, I've been reading all my life. But something happened to me when I turned vegan, uh, because I enjoy reading so much, is that... um, I couldn't enjoy it anymore and i felt like something that was very precious to me and that i enjoy doing it was such a such a i have such a strong bond with books and stories all my life i had that and i i was losing it because i i will i can easily categorize the problem into three groups with with current with books in the you know and um the books today that are not vegan is uh, the first is obvious. It's the speciesism. It's the speciesism is everywhere, and I don't know if you know. I'll just summarize what speciesism is, just if Please. doesn't know. But in my own words, uh, speciesism is our perceived human supremacy over other species, and that supremacy uh, of of every aspect. But that supremacy also kind of falsely gives us the right to value rank or value grade other species. And so we Mm -hmm. can say, we can determine, because we make the decisions, we can say dogs are for loving and pigs are for eating, which is completely false. They are exactly the same. They suffer exactly the same, and that is the whole point. So when you read a book, you know, we're, um, and, and the thing is with books, right, with fiction, obviously, we're talking fiction. When you have a, a protagonist, the main character, you really want, you're driven as a reader to like them, to really get an emotional bond with them, because that's the whole point, you want to, you're going with them, and you want to like them, and you want to connect, and you start connecting with that character, and then and they have a the dog and all that, and then they go and they <coughs> eat uh, <laughs> bacon, or they feed a sausage to the dog and pat them on the head and then they eat, bacon. And then they eat the bacon and things like that. And they ha- that happens all the time, that casual time. mention of what people eat, what they wear, their leather <clears throat> and um, fur and, and um, things like that. It's so casual because you have to remember that a book is written by a human being, a writer, and that reflects their own values and they don't see anything wrong with that and so that's that that speciesism (laughs) above and beyond that there is the actual animal cruelty like hunting and you know we're all familiar with a very successful trilogy about a girl a dystopian uh, future who's fighting for survival on this fake kind of tv thing and what she does to survive uh, is uh, hunting as she sneaks out to the forest and she hunts in her um, bow and arrow arrow is part of the thing that she's mostly mostly identified with Mm. um so and that is you know I can't I can't I just couldn't I can't take it anymore right and I think recently I think there is even another layer it's kind of slim layer at this point in time but it's kind of getting thicker is the ridiculing of vegan characters uh, we, we start seeing that as well. Like, you have a character who's vegan, almost always a woman, neurotic a woman, um, never like a staunch guy. You'll never find that. But
0: right. it's always like the,
1: the, that's always the character who you are supposed to not like.
0: Um, yes. Even no, in TV not shows. A villain. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. You, you see it all the time. It's like, yeah. oh, like that vegan or whatever yeah. it is. And it's always a negative connotation. It's never, you know, what actually veganism is about.
1: Yeah. There was a show I remember a few years ago about, it's called Travelers, of people who came from the future. When they arrive from the future, they are vegan. But the winning part was that couple two of them, a well, few of them started eating meat again. So yeah, hey, you know, now they're all normal, you know. And I, and that, you know, I was like... So weird. Or why did you just ruin the show bloody?
0: yeah why would you do that and the future will be vegan so get used to it people
1: yeah so yeah so and, and um though all those things um just removed me further and further yeah. from reading and to be honest at some point that was around 2014 i thought okay it obviously doesn't exist i'll write it <laughs> because I was mm-hmm. writing I, I've written a manuscript but its kind of uh, gathering dust <laughs> Wow I didn't do anything with it I, I actually don't think it was very good but I had started so I know the experience of writing a novel of uh, 60,000 words placed. I want to and talk
0: so, about this process but yeah. finish yeah finish yeah, yeah. Uh, your thought
1: So yeah so I started writing and I have to say that um, the the first day, thought that I had is I'm gonna write a thriller for vegans that vegans could could read and uh, know it's safe but very very quickly very quickly i thought also hold on i can write something awesome that vegans like and feel it's safe and pre-vegans could also read like and mm. and, um, and get and get the penny drops so so that yeah we can use it as an outreach plant the seeds yeah exactly because you know it's a book it's a thriller it's exciting it's like um, page turning a lot of changes and cliffhangers and all that kind of fast pace and that what's not to like i mean i like it (laughs) but a lot of people like it but if 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 you have the vegan message kind of incorporated into it and then bam in your face people will have to kind of oh okay so yeah and so
0: people people have compared your trilogy as as relevant to our generation as Orwell's 1984 and that's super interesting and people are even saying that your book should be required by everybody to read uh can you talk a little bit about the development of your characters and just give us an idea of what the storyline is sure
1: and and that Comment about Orwell 1984 is absolutely mind blowing because when I started writing my first book, which is called The Shed, um, Animal Farm, a novella by George Orwell about farmed animals and which are actually assuming human characteristics, it was very much in my mind. My 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 book The Shed, so so yeah, compared with him is just wow, amazing. Um, the Shed t- talks about. Um, Well, my protagonist's name is Sunny and she is raised in a farm and the farm is it's kind of odd It's detached. It's not connected to the normal world and you sense that something is a little bit off there It's a dystopian future so that um, Something happened to human beings and in the same way that the animal farm George always animal farm uses pigs like Napoleon etc to describe human characteristics uh, and to to um, tell um, to to bring out the message, I think his message was anti-Stalinism at the time, 50s. I used humans to tell um, to bring to bring out a message about animals and what we are doing to them through humans, um, and that kind of an uh, animal farm turned on its head. So and so basically, <laughs> humans are farming other humans. In the same way that today we are farming animals, and we are seeing this experience through a human experience, through Sunny, mm. and Sunny is raised for dairy. Right? I want to give up anymore. It's a thriller. Uh, it's quite fast-paced. It's uh, it's supposed to really make you stop and <laughs> you know. Um, wow. Yeah. So that that's the shed, and to be honest. I didn't write it as a trilogy. I wrote the shed as a one-off book. It um, it doesn't end up with a cliffhanger, but it it ends up in a way that it was almost begging to be continued. And uh, people started to (laughs) requesting the continuation of the story. Wow. uh, Asked me where. Is there more? Are you writing more? Are you going to continue? Where is the rest of it? And so I wasn't really planning a trilogy, but I was almost gladly for, you know, happily forced into writing uh, the the second book, which is Liberation. Um, But when I written Liberation also, I didn't think that I'm going to make a trilogy like everyone's doing a trilogy. I'm just writing two.
0: Oh, it's but, a lot of work. But, yeah, but
1: it didn't. It didn't. You know, people didn't buy it. Um, maybe I didn't buy it too because it ends up in a kind of not a, again not a really a cliffhanger, but a point where the it begs to be continued. Wow, so, um, I can't wait to
0: read these.
1: I'm going to send them to you.
0: Oh my, are you serious? Thank you so much. I felt like a bad podcast host because normally like I wouldn't be able, but I'm a slow reader. Like it takes me a long time to read a book.
1: It won't take you long. I promise. Okay. I'm so so excited. One thing that people say, I couldn't put the books down. So
0: wow. That's so great. So what is the process in writing a novel?
1: For me, um, I have a very particular process that it kind of builds up in my in my uh, head. And I, it's like being pregnant with a book, but in my in my inside of my <laughs> mind, because it takes me a long time to think about what is it, what it is, and it starts to form inside my head, like story, characters, how to build it, what I want to say. It's always about. You know the message is always there if that's the whole purpose and the whole point but um when I'm ready to spill when it's big enough to really come out um, wow. to, I have to give birth to my story it really just a matter of okay now I'm ready I make a, obviously a plan on paper there is no very just just opening the laptop and da. da, da. but I, I have a plan but Boom! I start writing, typing. I'm a bit of crazed
0: <laughs> wow. uh,
1: process, and so that's why when I start writing, it doesn't take me months and months. I mean, for first draft, um, for first draft, it would take a couple of months, no more uh, than that, because it's almost ready in my head. So, and then obviously there's the editing and revising and all that stuff. But um, for for going to first draft, it's not not very long. Because of all the pre work, <laughs> that's been so. Do you
0: do you tell yourself you're like, okay, I'm gonna sit down every day for an hour. Like, how, how do you? What's that self control like?
1: You can't stop. I mean, when when you when I have to write, I will get up or bed at three a.m. I will go to bed at three a.m. It depends when the drive when the when the drive is strong. It's you almost you talk sort of an addiction really. You have to you have to tell the story. It has to come out. It's, it's almost like a physical thing. You wow. have to express the things that you have to, to write. And then you you write, write. Yeah, I write at any time of the day when I can. Like um, some, there's some things that um, can't be deferred. But I will make an... I For example, I, I'll have an appointment. Dang, after that, immediately back to the book. And then after maybe writing, because my books have... Uh, some violence, um, and they have some, you know, very dark, it can get quite dark in you know, this books. Sure. And, uh, and uh, so sometimes when you w- write something that is draining, emotionally draining, you have to take a little break because you have mm-hmm. to kind of reset, because it's, it, I find that I go to sleep sometimes and I'm dreaming about it. It's, I'm sure. Uh, it's, it's, uh, It affects me on very many levels, uh, which is something that I hope to convey you know, to the reader. Um, yeah. So it's quite an intense, very intense emotional process to, to write it all. Yeah.
0: It's incredible because you're really leaving our movement, not that you're dying or anything, but I'm just saying you're, you've, you've um, basically like put these books out uh, that ha- carry such a strong message and that'll last on forever.
1: Hopefully, yeah, and also, you know, uh, I did quite a lot of homage to uh, activists at the time that I knew. Um, I named some characters after some
0: uh, um,
1: activists and some uh, famous uh, vegan people and some ve- some famous ex-vegan people. I didn't know, for example, uh, that uh, Miley Cyrus is going to change that suddenly, but I said I thought, um, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change um, the character because it's not her. It's just homage, so it's false homage, but yeah, exactly. Um, so I just wanted to. I really wanted the community to feel. This is our book. Uh, this is a book for us that we can that we can you know we can give it um, to our friends to read. Mm-hmm. And I, it, a lot of times people say, oh, I want to, uh, I want to you know to find your books, um, to get your books. I get, I'll buy your books. I said, okay, get the books. And then move, and then give them to someone else. You know, yes. give it to someone else. Just, you, I don't need all everyone to go and purchase, purchase. It's not about the money. It's not about the income. I just want to spread the message. So, read them, and you know, give them, give them to someone else to read. And I, from
0: I, what I've read about them online, it's like let's get them in schools too. <laughs>
1: I wish, Gosh, <laughs> I wish, I really wish. Um, they're not for young children. I have to say, if you have a young child. Please don't consider it. I wouldn't give it to tweens. Um, more mm. mature, more mature. Um,
0: is there an element of it, romance it, in there?
1: Yes, but you know the one thing I really can't stand is is a triangle of lovers. I can't. It's, mm. there's, no, there's no love triangle for me. Um, it's just the one person and the other person, and they're right for each other, and they fall yeah. in love. And, and yes, they have sex. I said it, but it's not in the book. Well hinted it's hinted Maya and, you know, you know <laughs> they they close the door and la-di-da La that, that's, <laughs> do. yeah, that's it so it's not it's not a sexual fantasy. okay I, can, I think I can handle book. it yeah it's not a fantasy <laughs> book um and the other kind of fantasy um but um yeah, so and I do have a representation for the rainbow community as well. It was very important for me to see that it's not always Yay. a boy girl. It can be a girl girl, a boy boy, and, and all kinds of things. So I have a little bit of that, and I try to do it, you know, because because I'm cis, uh, cis uh, gender trans, um, cis gender. Heterosexual right. woman, woman. Uh, so I, 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 don't have the experience firsthand. So I didn't want to to write a whole story about people from the from the um, rainbow community because I don't know that. It's not it's not something that I live. But I want to homage it again, like I homage um, names. I want to homage it again to say this exists and there's nothing wrong right. with it. So it's just part. I of, love that of 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 the community where where Sunny ends up. Uh, ends up uh, being, a, of course, you become an activist.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And so. I love how you. I, I mean, I don't know if it's the same for you as it, it was for me, but at least when I went vegan, I started becoming so much more aware and concerned about all different types of social social justice movements. It's just made me more mindful in everything for my consumption, sustainability, uh, fighting as well for LGBTQ rights, fighting for all different types of issues.
1: Absolutely. I, I was feminist already before, and it's something that uh, I say proudly because I think uh, some people avoid this this word. But mm-hmm. for me, it's part of my identity. Yes, I'm feminist. I am for equal Great. opportunity for women. But um, I think that's how far my understanding of social justice went when as a, mm-hmm. when I was younger. With veganism, uh, the whole the whole just social justice ideas opened up and and became equal. You know. I fight for animals, uh, this is my main calling, but yeah. I am absolutely there to fight with my sisters and brothers of all colors, of all genders, of all you know sexual orientation, Same. I'm there with you because you're my brother and sister and I support you. And it's important yes. for me to know I support you, I stand with you. Yeah?
0: Liberation for all, and you can't absolutely. achieve that while animals are still chained up inside of slaughterhouses. And it, the question really is, is, like, can you be a feminist and consume dairy? You know, whose whose uh, breast is that milk coming from? Whose Absolutely. ovaries are the eggs coming from? Right.
1: So, where's Absolutely. that line? So I wasn't really feminist, <laughs> but I thought I was. Um, right. But but now I know it was a false idea. But um, yeah, it's it's really hard. And sometimes you know, the the groups that are hardest to convince. Uh, the groups that fight for other social justices and are very isolated in in silos and it's really hard to tell them that actually you know a cow is a woman and a woman is a cow or a chicken and a a sheep Mm -hmm. and whatever. Mm -hmm. So we are all females and we all we're equal in our um, desire to live and freedom and deserve protection and equality. So you know it's really hard to tell but you know it's hard. Fine, we'll just try harder.
0: Yeah. So, what is the future like for you? Are you going to keep writing, or would you have more plans for different types of actions and activism? What's going on?
1: Yes, I, I definitely write more books, and um, so yeah. Part of, I think, part of my decisions in late twenty twenty two, especially after this big uh, weekend where we be- bore witness outside this slaughterhouse, mm. that is like three hours from Wellington. It was very intense emotionally. And I came to a decision that um, I'm going to put a heck of a lot more effort on my books because I, I feel a little bit, a little bit burned out. But I'm going to also do the, yeah. the, the Wellington um, Animal Save, so I'm still organizing that. And these were going to be mm-hmm. my big pillars of the two main things that I'm going to focus on, because if I keep spreading myself, uh, I'll spread myself, myself so thin that I'll end up just burning out and not doing anything. So I do think activists need, activists need to be very aware when this is uh, happening and really pause and say look because people come to me i've been in the movement for a while and I, i've been in the you know activism scene for a, a while and people do come to me with a lot of ideas and i just learned i, I learned to say you know what how about ask so and so uh young and uh, <laughs> enthusiastic so maybe mm-hmm. they should have the opportunity to you know uh, raise up to the challenge because i feel that you know i don't have it i don't have it in me right now but that doesn't mean i'm not doing anything because you know i'm putting a lot in the book there is mm-hmm. new new books definitely in the pipeline and there is the Wellington Animal Say which i'm connected to and I, I really love the group and what we do so there is a lot going on yeah, we do
0: as much as we can and it is so important as you said as activists to know when you need to take a step back I've been taking a little bit of a step back and doing activism in other ways like I used to do a lot more um, pouring blood in grocery stores and like you know really every person that I saw on the street that was wearing fur like confront them and it it, it got to a point where it was really getting to me and becoming a part of my identity where I was being just very negative all the time and like almost like into this like depression where mm. you know I was going to slaughterhouses every other week and so I've just taken a little step back I'm fostering more dogs I'm doing my Jamie's Corner YouTube show where I like speak to people on the street and make it kind of like fun and humorous but still talk about it's what's really the animals. thank brilliant. you love
1: it love it it's just
0: you know what it is is it's like becoming back to my true nature of who I am and kind of like what you are doing as an author and with your book, it's like you are doing activism through your identity, through your writing, through being an author. And that's something that's sustainable because you enjoy it and you love it. And similar to the Jamie's Corner, it's like I could go out on the street and talk to people all day. I love it. I love it. I think it's so fun. But can I stand there at a slaughterhouse, like, you know, bawling my eyes out and, and, you know, giving water to these animals? Like, I can't do that every day. It's like not possible. I will go crazy. I'm very sensitive. And, um, you know, I try, I rescue where I can. I just got two chickens out of a slaughterhouse last week, you know, and, and that was, that's a whole headache in itself, you know, finding placement and dealing with the sicknesses that they have. They all have worms. That's another people thing people don't realize is like, these animals are so sick when they're inside of these places.
1: Um, and you were just doing in the vegan visibility summit.
0: Yes, I was. And Well done. <laughs>
1: yeah I'm so bad I'm
0: I'm so bad at promoting like myself and anything like they've been sending me emails they're like yeah make sure you post about it I'm like I'm so confused like I I hope I I did I don't know like (laughs) it's a whatever I hope that people enjoy it and get what they can out of it because you know we want to get this content viral we want more people to see it and I just I hope your books keep spreading growing I want everybody to read it and see all the great work you're doing
1: amazing yeah I hope so too thank you
0: Thank you so much. So why don't you just give us a little rundown on like where everybody can find you if there was like anything else that we didn't cover or get to um now is the time I guess we could talk about that.
1: I just wanted to to really encourage people who are who think they they want to write or or sing or dance or make a movie or you know a cooking show, whatever your passion is, use it for the cause and don't be afraid it wasn't an overnight success for me. Okay, it wasn't. The first book, The Shed, came out four years ago. It took at least two years for me to build up the readership, to build up the following. It's not. It wasn't an overnight success, and I had some hardships to get them published and all that. For another podcast, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> but it's. I just want to say, don't go for it. You know, feel it, do it, write it, create it. Um, use your passion your skills and just do it for the cause. It's so important and we need to, you know, there are more and more fiction writers now. When I started, I couldn't even name one person. Now there's more and more and, you know, just the the vision, imagine saturating all literature with vegan fiction, wouldn't that be amazing? So, you know, write it, create it, publish it, whatever. And yeah, where you can find me uh, on my Facebook, on my, sorry, on my website, Uh, mcronan.com. Jamie is going to put a link. Um, Please join my mailing list um, because my mailing list is the first and foremost way for me to keep in touch with you and tell you what's coming up. And there are going to be really exciting news coming into 2023 some really exciting I need to keep my mouth shut <laughs> not
0: <laughs> at all, but some really really Tell amazing us. yeah no,
1: Tell us. <laughs> no. So, yeah join my, my my mailing list I don't spam I really write maybe a newsletter once uh, four weeks or so but really I, um, you will be able to keep connecting with me and um And and find out all the exciting news there through the website. uh, There are also there's a page where you can find all the links where you can buy the book. So my books are available as eBooks and as uh, soft cover. Um, Unfortunately, not as uh, as um, audio, but eBook and soft cover they are available. And there's lots of links where you are in the world. Of course, um, United States. UK, Germany, Canada, Australia, wherever you are. So, um, so awesome. just go in and click and check, check it out.
0: So exciting. Well, thank you so much for your time. And one last thing, I really love what you just said about go out and do something and follow whatever that passion it is for you, because you can really use that to spread such positivity in this world. And we we sure as hell need it. And you know what? Stop scrolling on Instagram all day, myself included, <laughs> and TikTok. Use that time to like make make something productive. <laughs> and then so. you can
1: make a TikTok about that. So you know you Perfect. can use that. You can use that. So, yeah, there you
0: awesome, go. amazing. Well, thank you so 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 much. It was so great meeting you and and having this conversation.
1: Thank you for having me. It was such yes. a great time. Awesome. Yes,
0: and thank you all for listening. Until next time, goodbye.
1: Bye.